When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. surreal version of what I wanted the green room to be. (laughs) It's your mobile version. Yeah. All right. So welcome to the podcast. This is our first uh, go at the new studio. Uh, We're in a what used to be a crack house, I'm told. Yeah, it must have been. I mean, look at the size of it. So many doors. Nothing but windows. Who knows? 75% of homes in Kingston, rental homes in Kingston, probably used to be a crack house at some point. (laughs) I'd like Uh, to see that math. There is one across the street there, which we have a great view of, and you can probably hear the traffic in behind us as well. This is not exactly the ideal studio, but here's what's going on. So I'll just get this. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, Brett, for this. Jeez, you came all the way over here. This is a therapy session, actually. We're paying you at the end of this. Well, I, I need it just as much as you guys. <laughs> See where this goes. So here's what's going on. It's a tale of two cities where uh, now I'm 50% in Kingston and 50% in Toronto. The love of my life, the first lady of rock and roll in my world, uh, Lisa, got this awesome job uh, up in Toronto where... Um, she couldn't say no to the job, and I couldn't say no to the opportunity to try and move to Toronto at some point. So uh, that's my long-term goals. Right but at the moment, uh, we have a green room in Kingston, and there's going to be a green room coming in Toronto. Looking in the forward to near it. Near future, very we, cool. We have the space. We have the square footage. There will be a studio. I saw the pictures. You have a nice house. It's looking good. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we can thank Lisa. Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And she knew that's what I meant. Yeah. (laughs) That's 21st century. That's what happens. So we have a new studio down on Montreal Street uh, in Kingston. And uh, there is a lot of character to it. There may be some background noise. Also, one of my neighbors has a dog. So, <laughs> all going to be surprise cameo guests at some point. You're really building it up for that. Yeah. You're really making it feel really good in here. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to leave now. It's not, it's not quite as swank as it used to be, is all I'm saying, and I'm a little self-conscious about it. All right. Uh, all right. It looks fine, man. It's, we have, uh, it's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. We have uh, our guest uh, hanging out with us, and he's been here. This is... Now you're the all-time most reoccurring guest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is his I'm third an available time. person. I, uh, we had get... to stop turning him down, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is also going to be our award show for the end of the year. Cool. Um, and so I guess off the top, we'll just tell you that you are, are the... Uh, should we really give away the big one? Give it away, man. Okay, give it away. Uh, anyways, we should usually lead up to this, but we're just going to let you know that you are the number one most listened to podcast guest. Ah, number one. Yeah. Congratulations. With, with a bullet. Woo. With a bullet. <laughs> uh, and uh, we thought Chris Coster had a great episode. Uh, it uh, did incredibly well, so I guess he could be the runner-up. He came second. He yeah. told me on the way here that there will never be an episode that compares to his. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's really proud of that yeah. episode. Uh, it was a great episode. Yeah. That's the train why story was good. That it, was one of my favorite stories. It actually. was a, an excellent um, runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here to uh, join us is uh, Brett from Glorious Sons and... Uh, 
You just wrapped up the uh, tour with the band, right? And or, yeah, you, you is it wrapped? It's done. Yeah, it's it's done. We got uh, two shows in Kingston, um, but they're more holiday shows, kind of you know hometown shows. We don't really count those. So yeah, we were almost eighty days on the road. And Holy shit! Almost sixty shows. It's quite the uh, bus you guys had. I yeah, like we that. had a big bus for the yeah, first time, nice. which was uh, really comfortable comparatively. Um, <laughs> Because when you got, well, we had 10 guys in the bus and we would take out nine guys in the RV. So um, the RV would get pretty tight. Who did you guys travel with? Just your band and your crew? Our band and our crew. Um, We had the poor young things. Conrad and Dave uh, traveled with us a lot for fun. So, uh, you know, we couldn't really uh, get enough of those boys. They're some of the funnest people in the world. (laughs) And they're just out for the tour? They they uh, they were the opening band, the Poor Young Things, okay. um, and then it was North Coat was the second uh, band of the night, and then it was us third. Nice. With uh, that many uh, bands, all you guys were all on the entire tour no. together. No. Yeah, we were the entire tour. Yeah, so they during so you guys this, got to know each other real well. Oh yeah, well we've known the Poor Young Things for three years now. I when I go to Toronto, I usually see Conrad and Dave. Um, they're like probably my best friends in the music industry so um so there's them and me and matt from northcote have written a few songs together uh came to kingston to write for his album um so i've known him for a long time but it was nice getting to know him and the other guys in the band as well that's cool man yeah you guys always get into that does it just happen writing with each other being on the road that long like well we wrote on the road together because we're on the road like uh and you got to do something to keep yourself busy other than drink um but um (laughs) as far as me and me and matt and i sorry um he's on the same label as us so he's on uh black box and uh we share the same label so he uh I kind of jumped at the opportunity to write with him because I loved his music. Uh, he's c- kind of got a folk, folk heartlandy rock thing going on. So I thought I could maybe uh, delve into that a little bit, and we wrote a few tunes. And right on, man. Yeah. Back to Chris Costa for a second. He's now in the glorious. <laughs> yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. An official member. Yeah. How did all that go down? Well, Andrew, um, during the summer we had. We set these tour dates at three months, and Andrew had always been on the you know on the fence. Um, really, what happened is that not every touring isn't for everybody. Uh, being in a, we've been on the road two years. We spent eighty percent of our times away from our loved ones. Um, when you get home, you don't really know what to do your, with yourself. You it's kind of like being a, a retiree or something. You you know there's not much to do other than you know. Ch- chase the adrenaline that you had on the road road. um you know so andrew you know he decided that uh he uh would be happier um not pursuing the band anymore and you know it came it didn't really come as a surprise to us we uh it it had been that way for a little while and though we love him and um and uh, I'm sure he'll be pursuing music at some point. He has to. Like, it's it's in his blood. Um, you know, we just, we said, all right, man. And then Chris, I'd been hanging out with him for six or seven months. And I knew that <clears throat> getting a great guitarist wouldn't be the same as having Andrew in the band. Because, um, you know, although Chris is an amazing guitar player, um, there was a certain... Um, 
level of artistry that Andrew brought, brought nat nat naturally to the project. Um, and I saw it in Chris. Like I, he, He's a guy who's written tons of albums on his own. You know, we spent hours dissecting each other's songs. Uh, he's just a, a great player, but also he's got a creative mind. And he has, and Andrew had that. And that's what we needed. We didn't need the best guitar player to come in and play solos and fill in with licks and do he all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Really oh, yeah. Good. He's good. Yeah. But we needed a guy that would, uh, you know, that would um, fill in as another creative leader in the band. And uh, we knew it would change us a little bit, but we're not scared of that. You know, like it comes down to, you know, um, melody and lyrics and all the other stuff. You know, I'm not going to budge on my ideas. <laughs> but uh, so... It was just, it was a natural thing to do. It, we had people, you know, label guys and managers trying to get us somebody else and trying to get us, um, you know, putting names up and people who were great at guitar. But, you know, another thing that it comes down to is, you know, Chris, we know Chris, we yeah. know what his abilities are. Uh, we know his temper temperaments. We know, um, you know, that he loves music and that's what we're in it for, nice. and uh, so it was a it was a perfect fit in the end, and it was trial by fire for him. He had to go on the road for three months, within basically two weeks of knowing that he would be in the band, <laughs> and, uh, and it he, went well. He did a hell of a job, Good job man. Chris. Yeah. yeah, he was great. Yeah. What uh, what was different in this tour other than uh, having Chris along? Uh, there's more production to it you know it was it was our headlining tour so it was like uh we arrived you know it was uh i guess our arrival tour um the people were there to see us you know we weren't we weren't backing up another band trying to steal fans the people were there to see us and it was absolutely electric <laughs> it was uh it how was, many uh, shows in those 80 days i can't remember the most but it was almost 60 so um <laughs> We went around across America at first and played from anywhere from five people to ten thousand people, and then we got to Canada and filled venues. And you guys played to five people. Where was that? Uh, there was like three places. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Baton Rouge was one of them. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, New Jersey. But uh, New Jersey was amazing still because the bar we played at was two steps from uh, the stone pony where bruce springsteen uh, always plays and so it was a great tour too really it's just about getting down there and working as much as we worked in canada this was the same story for every band you don't just go down to a place and play in front of a thousand people you gotta unless you're lord or something yeah, you <laughs> something about going down there you're moving down there right yeah you're at some point there. yeah i was a little hot in the gun i really wanted to get there earlier than this but you know um the band comes first you know it, it's uh it would be a little expensive flying back and forth between the two to write an album and do all that stuff so at some point i'm definitely going to be pursuing my dreams of being you know uh in a bigger area in my opinion you know like new young and bob dylan and people like that they didn't stay in one place they didn't stay in their little towns where they uh, we're born you, you have to travel and meet people and you have to understand your audience you know uh there's a lot of canadian bands that you know don't who do very well in canada but they don't necessarily do great in the states and 
you know, I, that's not to say anything. Doesn't mean they're not great bands, but I feel like knowing your audience and learning about them and being around them and understanding the culture is extremely important if you want to speak to them at the level that I want to. Who taught you this? Or is this something you just came up with? Like these are the things that I, <laughs> when I get alone, <laughs> look out, mind. <laughs> My mind goes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. yeah. The band uh, put out like a bonus track on iTunes. Uh, yeah. The uh, is it sometimes on a Sunday? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, was Coster in on that? Yeah, yeah. He played. Uh, well, me and him went in. We were. Uh, I was just sitting around waiting. Like I, this summer and the spring were such huge songwriting. Uh, like it was a huge songwriting time for me. I felt myself grow and develop and. Um, and I was just sitting on all these songs. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like, I'd, I'd play them, and I'd go to open mics and play them, and I'd get every chance I could to play them acoustically, but I just wanted people to hear it. <laughs> so uh, Coster talked about getting into the studio for fun, and um, we went in for fun and did... Um, it was called... Uh, what was it called? God Sings the Blues at that point. We kind of made a pop song out of it, and uh, it was just that... Uh, Terry's studio in Napanee and um, basically I just sat there and I sang the lyrics I put down the 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 uh, bedding of the track and then I sat there and pointed at him and told him to play things <laughs> and uh, well not just that he also like helped produce it he had a lot of ideas and probably more so than I did but um, and then and then we were listening to it and I asked the band about it and um Everybody kind of jumped on board uh, after some discussion, and uh, a week before we went on tour, we went into Zane's studio north of Princess in Kingston with Terry, um, and we did the Glorious Sons version of it. We got, you know, Jay's taste on it. We got Packer's taste. We got Chris's taste. Tony's Tony was huge in the development of that song. Tony's um, amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did that one, and we did another one called The Last Good Thing, and... Um, we just thought we'd release them, you know, not be precious with them, not wait on them. There's plenty of more songs for people to hear. We might as well get them out and kind of fulfill the boredom of uh, of being an artist. Waiting for an album every five yeah. years or something. The, the yeah. boredom of freedom, <laughs> yeah. I call it. <laughs> How many selfies have you taken on the road? Like with people? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like thousands? Thousands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many nudies have you received? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't receive very many nudies, to be honest. Very many, but you have. I, well, for, from special people, oh, okay. you know. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, I've never, uh, I've never A meaningful nudies. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I don't really like uh, keep in touch with a lot of people that I meet. You know, I like to say hello, and there's some that I'm friends on Facebook, but I'd never exchange a. A phone number. I, a lot of, you know, I meet a lot of my friends and stuff, and they got, you know, they're talking to girls all the time, and I just never really had that bone in my body. I don't really know how to do it without, you know, being friend-zoned instantly, and I don't really mind it that way. It's just sometimes, you know, sometimes... Uh, friend-zoned. Yeah. Hang on a second. You get friend-zoned? Well, not by fans. Not oh, by, okay. but like, you know... <laughs> I, the meaningful one. Yeah, I like yeah. friend. I like uh, it's better to be friend zoned, you know. Uh, I, I've had a lot of uh, unmeaningful sex in my life, and um, it's not that it's not fun and great. It's just that it's not really uh, fulfilling, you know. I, it's, it's the same as 
you can either go out, drink a vodka water with your friends, go home, you know, or you can go out and drink 40 vodka waters and say something stupid and go home with the wrong girl. <laughs> and uh, Quite the philosophy. Yeah, you're so mature <laughs> for the road. It sounds a little preachy, too, because obviously we've all made those mistakes and done all that yeah. stuff. But, you know, you try to turn over a new leaf at some point. So lately I've just been doing a lot of drinking, not a lot of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> the Contender music video. How, uh, how fun was that video to make? fucking hilarious it, it was uh it was, it was fun. fun i had when we were making it i was kind of it wasn't my idea my idea for the video was uh anime um like a kind of street fighter anime style video and i was really pumped about that and then we kind of decided that we needed something more funny like uh something just uh self-deprivating kind of thing so um <laughs> so we chose that and um Good choice. <laughs> and uh, it was really fun to make. I didn't know how it would turn out. Uh, Zane from uh, from BC's a friend of ours did the video. He flew into Toronto to do it, and really the the hand clap goes to him. He was absolutely um, crucial in the uh, pulling together of that video, making it actually funny and good. Because I wouldn't have know, known what the hell to do with myself. <laughs> Let's go down some of the, uh, or my picks anyways. Yeah. Craig, do you have yours in your I head? I think mine are in my head, yeah. I had to write mine down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so for the uh, year of 2015 here in the green room, or I guess the former green room, the now the yeah. new shittier Post green, green room. room. <laughs> uh, best song. Who did you pick, Craig? I went with uh, Standstills, I think, their performance. Standstills? Yeah. The Orleans with the guitar? Yeah, it's fantastic. That's a good song. That little guitar, I've never seen anything like it. I, uh, he just fucking kills it, that guy. Best, I had to go with Hill and the Sky Heroes for some reason. You know, I just, I'd never heard of her before she strutted into the green room. It Fantastic. Now Who set that up? Who's the person that... Uh... Oh, shout out, Mike Rice. There you go. At uh, RPM. Thanks, Mike. And the gang. Thanks, Mike. And <laughs> India. Uh, best performance. Hey, for best performance. Um, I think Bill Scarlet. I had a lot of fun in that room. They were all playing. There's like... Five or six of them playing. That was, that was, right. that was actually 2014. Well, it was last year. Yeah. Time flies. <laughs> yeah. Count it. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. I don't know. This year, eh? I went that one. with Road Heavy on... Uh, that was good. In, in studio performance. Yeah. I had I was tied up with the standstills, though, because I love that little guitar. Yeah, true. Like you pointed out. And uh, best storyteller. Hands down, Clifford Myers. Clifford Myers. Clifford yeah. Myers. Two part, yeah. He was, we had we talked to that guy for forty five minutes. Okay, good. He got kicked out of Bible school for puppetry of the penis. That's <laughs> the greatest story I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> if you oh, haven't listened to that beautiful. episode yet, go back and listen. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he goes on for forty five minutes about the misfortune of his life. Is he still a Christian? Uh, he Please. left the church to do stand up comedy. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic story. Yeah. Oh, so it was basically Craig and myself sitting there and laughing the entire time, just listening to these stories. <laughs> the shit that comes out of his mouth. Highly entertaining. It's incredibly captivating, too. He just so so funny. And shout out to like everyone else. I mean, there's not a bad episode of The Green Room yeah, in 2015. So, far so good. You, know? you edit well. Thank you. Thanks. You're yeah. welcome. I do nothing. I just show up. Uh, Brett, did you bring a guitar? I did bring a guitar, did yeah. Did you want to do a, a, a performance? Sure, yeah. 
The Green Room Podcast is powered by 420 Kingston and 420 Session Lounge and Micro Shop. Kingston's number one destination for all things 420. 420. Get more from Big Chris. Visit his blog, kingstoneastnews.ca. Archived podcasts, music blogs, and more at bigchrisradio.com. We are wanderers Wandering And we're wandering Waiting for the wheels to fall off We see everything Through windows We chase mirages that we'll never touch And we're lonely We're lonely We're lonely I'm going down to New Orleans to have myself a drink I'll find the queen in the barroom, try to make a scene I listen to a song when the dark comes on And I'll hold on I find my refuge in hotel rooms and cheap cigarettes I meet a bunch of new friends with names I forget I listen to the songs when the dark comes on And I'll hold on We are wanderers Wandering We're wandering Waiting for the wheels to fall off We see everything And nothing We chase a freedom that we'll never love And we're lonely Oh, we're lonely Lonely I'm going down to New Orleans To have myself a drink I find the queen in the barroom Try to make a sing I listen to a song When the dark comes on And I'll hold on I'll find my refuge in hotel rooms and cheap cigarettes I'll find a bunch of friends with names that I forget I listen to the songs when the dark comes on and I'll hold on I'm going down to New Orleans to have myself a drink I'll find the queen in the barroom, try to make a sing I listen to a song when the dark comes on and I'll hold on I find a refuge in hotel rooms and cheap cigarettes I meet a bunch of friends with names that I'll surely forget But I'll listen to the songs when the dark comes on And I'll hold on
We are wanderers Wandering And we're wandering Waiting for the wheels to fall off Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 